This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Looking ahead to SC22, take the HPC COVID safety pledge. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research, and welcome to a special episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm joined today by Tom Tabor, who's the CEO of Tabor Communications, and Ari Berman from BioTeam, because Tom and Ari, today we're talking about not only looking ahead to SC22, but a special initiative that our companies are putting together as a grassroots opt-in community pledge to try to make it safer for all of us, the HPC Community COVID Safety Pledge. Tom, Ari, welcome to the podcast. And man, I can't wait to get together at SC22 in Dallas. Thanks, Addison. It's great to be here. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you all among everybody else. That's Ari. Tom, say hi. Yes, indeed. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Addison. Very excited to be on your program. And we, too, are very excited about this year's SC. And um, every indication is that uh, that we receive from our, our network is that it's going to be one brilliant comeback event. I think so. I'll tell you what, we were at SC21 last year, and that was an in-between. It was a hybrid kind of conference. And if I thought I was going to have like a 50% conference based on one-third attendance, I feel like I had a 90% conference based on who was there. And, and these kinds of community events are so critical to our industry. It had been a while since we'd all gotten together. And it's you know, not that we can't meet over uh, a teleconference, video conference, whatever your platform is that, that you like to do. But how often is that unplanned hallway conversation with someone I haven't seen in a couple of years, the most important thing that I got out of the show? And sure, we could have talked at any point over the last two years. Did we? No, now we're here. And you know, it's a great community event. And now it feels like it's really going to be a, a, a full show. Absolutely, Addison. You know, um, as widespread as our community is, and as deep as it goes across all the verticals and all the segments, it's essential to have a major event like this in order to unify the community. It's critical, important, it drives everything. And so, you know, the, the lull that we had during the pandemic was, um, was challenging for the community. Um, we tried to, we all tried to make it up with virtual events and virtual communication. However, there's nothing like reaching out to a buddy and shaking hands. Yeah, I'll uh, chime in as well and say um, I also was at SC last year, and uh, on one hand, it was kind of a ghost town in some ways, but uh, in it, and on a, on another hand, it was just really high quality interactions and yeah. really got to, uh, the, the, as you said, Addison, the people that went were, uh, uh, you know, very committed to the HBC community. And, uh, rather than running around with my hair on fire, like I usually do, I was able to have some more focused discussions and, you know, there was, uh, uh definitely, uh, a lot of safety precautions put in place, uh, mm -hmm. surrounding COVID last year, uh, in St. Louis. And, you know, so it was uh, it was it was a good event, and I was really happy to be there. And I'm really excited to see it back to full force, and um, it, uh, really get a better read on 
where everyone's sitting uh, uh, right now with the state of HBC, which has both accelerated and paused during uh, the height of the pandemic. Well, and so we're talking about during the pandemic, what it was like. Let's spend just a second talking about that because here we're going back to SC22. This is a can't miss event for Intersect 360 Research. We're going to be there. But COVID-19, Ari, that's not still a thing, is it? The pandemic's over, right? (laughs) Uh, We wish. Um, But unfortunately, uh, it is absolutely not over, no matter what uh, our president says or anyone else says. Uh, I think everyone's tired of it. I am certainly tired of it. But that doesn't make it go away. Right. Um, You know, just putting our hands, our fingers in our ears and, uh, you know, pretending like we can't hear it doesn't make it not a thing. So. Right. And so we'll, we'll come back to that, but let's talk about what we are doing because we want to get together. It's not gone. What I try to avoid is this all or nothing thinking where it's either on or it's off. And I think navigating these in-betweens, you know, it can be challenging, but we can do it. HPC is a science-based community. It's not like we have any shortage of simulations around these things. And that's why we're thrilled to be partnering with uh, with Tabor Communications, HPC Wire, and with BioTeam on an HPC community COVID safety pledge. And you can go to www.hpccovidsafetypledge.com or find some links in our social medias and the like and see what it's all about. But there's an emphasis on what we can do to make this safer for us all to get together. It's not in four, you know, we're in Texas, so in Dallas for supercomputing. So there's no masking requirement. There's no vaccination requirement. But just because it's not required doesn't mean we can't opt in to do some basic things with vaccinations, masking, and self-testing to make it a little safer. So Ari, I, I cut you off, but I wanted to introduce what we're talking about there. Go ahead, Ari. No, it was great. Uh, no problem at all. You know, I, I think that, let me start by saying it is nearly impossible to keep up with what's going on with COVID. And it's gotten more impossible as data and information have been obfuscated from the public. Uh, and where we are right now and where I stand as a scientist and somebody who's been a deep expert and involved in uh, global COVID efforts this entire time is we absolutely should be going back. I'm super supportive of having a huge conference. If we all recognize that COVID is still a problem and it is not endemic and it is not the flu and it is still a bit dangerous and there's a lot we still don't know about it and uh, the long-term effects of which are more of the concern than anything else, uh, plus uh, the uh, susceptible part of the population. And so what I really liked about uh, this idea is that it focuses on science and brings science to the forefront. If you go to the website for the HBC COVID Safety Pledge, there's a large FAQ at the bottom that really captures the current state of COVID from a scientific point of view and addresses a lot of the common misconceptions that are out there in the community right now. And the goal is really the HPC community, as Addison said, is a science community. So let's follow the science. And there's some super, super simple things you can do that are barely inconvenient to be safer. And, you know, we can get into a little bit of that a little later, but let's get back in person and let's all just enjoy seeing each other again and do it in a way that we don't end up laid up for 10 days with COVID afterwards. 
Yeah, I mean, laid up with 10 days. We've had experience with that on this call, and it's nothing against ISC last summer. We love ISC. It's another can't-miss event for us. But, you know, I was one of the only people walking around masking, and Tom Tiffany did a great write-up about uh, the the spreading of COVID at, at ISC. A lot of your team got it. Our whole team got it. It cost us a lot of productivity and, and travel woes. There, It seemed like there's no official count. It seemed like there were hundreds of cases. Yeah, you know, Addison, whether it be at the event itself or or, you know, peripheral events, even just mingling with the, the local community, we, you know, we converge on this town with a, a sizable contingency of SC folks, and we end up gathering at many locations within the town itself. So, you know, the the, the city of Hamburg was was uh, pretty relaxed with their with their uh, COVID protocols and guidelines, um, as with what we're going to experience in Texas, you know. Uh, and and you're right. It it it, it wasn't a, a, a ding or a dig on ISC. It was just the circumstances of maybe being a little relaxed too early. It's you know? funny because you know we get to whether or not something's required. Is a vaccination required? Is a mask required? At the time we went to ISC, those things were only officially recommended by Hamburg, by Germany, by the World Health Organization, by the CDC, all strongly recommending. But it wasn't required, so you can't make me do it, right? And so, you know, what would it take for us to say that's recommended? Let's all opt in and do something that's good for all of us. Yeah, you know, we're a community of, of scientists and, and, you know, we follow science. And so, you know, collectively, we just felt that, it, you know, why not take the initiative as uh, members of the community to initiate a grassroots opt-in community effort? We know the science. Um, so, you know, it's not, uh, it's not anything that uh, is too hard to connect the dots to. And to reiterate something that uh, Addison said earlier, our community, the HPC community, did a lion's share of the scientific discovery analysis and simulations around how COVID spreads, what COVID is. Uh, you know, the uh, HPC community uh, was the, the, the first community to solve the whole structure of the whole virus. Um, and that's how we got uh, one of the ways that we got vaccines so quickly. Um, and, you know, they, they are now second fastest supercomputer in the world, uh, Fugaku, that did a, a really solid number of simulations uh, showing how masks work and how they don't in closed internal spaces, given that, you know, uh, this is a disease that is entirely spread through airborne uh, 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 suspended particles. And you can you only get it by breathing it in. You don't get it by touching surfaces. You don't get it by, uh, you know, those types of things. And so for COVID, uh, sanitizing your hands isn't going to help anything. Uh, it will help a lot with things like flu, um, but not not uh, not COVID. And so, you know, there's only several things that will work. And the HPC community elucidated that, uh, you know, the combination of uh, of several mitigations uh, in a row and just sort of being aware of what's going on uh, really uh, can be helpful and reduce the spread a lot. And we're going into a time in the Northern Hemisphere here where the spread is increasing. It's getting colder. More people spend more time inside. Uh, we are clearly globally uh, entering uh, wave number eight 
of this. Uh, that's a lot of waves. Um, it is somewhat seasonal, but we're still getting about three, three and a half waves a year um, at this point, which is very clearly not endemic. Uh, endemic would be probably one wave a year and would probably be much lower uh, 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 sort of magnitude than um, than we're seeing than we see with other uh, diseases. So, you know, there's there's a lot we can do, and I think that uh, paying attention to just these things that are on the the COVID safety p- pledge. And just being mindful um, and uh, aware of it, I think, is is a uh, a big step forward. I like Ari that you talked about the models of the uh, efficacy of masking. And of course, if I wear a well fitting N95 mask, I do protect myself a fair bit. Um, but the bigger thing that protects me is you wearing a mask, right? When when I wear a mask, it, it does the most to protect other people. It keeps me from spreading it. And we were talking about these couple of um, a couple of mitigating factors. If we agree to masking, uh, vaccinations, and self testing, right? If you know, hey, take you're going to the conference, take a test before you go take one test while you're there right and and see if if you're communicate com- communicable if you're contagious if i if, if if a fair number of us do those things ari we we aren't masks and we self-test and we're vaccinated how much safer does this get quite a lot actually um you know uh, one of the definitions of endemic is that each person infects less than one other person um, at the moment, it's estimated because our, our actual data collection and our knowledge of the actual number of infections going on is uh, super, super low. Uh, it's estimated right now that each person is infecting an average of 10 other people right now. So mm-hmm. our HPC community can go do the math on that. That is a large, large uh, multi-exponential acceleration curve. So if even you know, a quarter of the people going to SC decide to go ahead and do this, uh, it makes the entire event that much safer. And, you know, one of the things that's hard to recognize is that no one mitigation is enough. Vaccines alone aren't enough. Masking alone isn't enough. Testing alone isn't enough. But the combination of those things really reduces uh, the likelihood that you are going to get it or you're going to spread it. And, you know, you said something uh, key there, the type of mask you wear for self-protection really, really matters. A well-fitting, high-performance, high-filtration mask like a KN95, a KF94, or an N95, those are key. Um, and if you can ensure that it doesn't have leaks around the edges, it's it's much closer to 95% effective. And uh, there's all sorts of uh, uh, what, you know, YouTube videos on how to wear them correctly and how to make sure they're on correctly. Uh, and those work really well. Um, and in combination with, you know, the uh, the evening before we, we go into SC, you take a, a rapid antigen test in your room and you do it so that you get a real good sample out of your nose. I think there's a lot of sampling error that happens with those things. You know, people just sort of swirled around for a second. You got to like really make sure you get some viral particles on there for it to work. Um, and so you do have to shove it up there further than you probably want to. Um, and, you know, really take some slow circles around your nose um, uh, on each nostril to really uh, make sure that you have it or don't. Um, 
So uh, I want to yeah. stay with you for one other quick thing, Ari. You, I, I love that we're partnered with BioTeam on this, and you've been so involved with NIH and with uh, the tracking of this virus over time and a lot of HPC simulations around it. You were at an NIH event recently. What does it look like when I, NIH people gather? Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, yeah, so I was at NIH earlier this week, and almost everywhere I go in the U.S., and I do travel a lot, uh, and I do all these mitigations while I travel, by the way, um, the, there's, there's hardly any masks. You know, every plane I'm on, you know, there, there might be 10 out of 170 people that have a mask on. And the fascinating thing was, uh, you know, I hadn't been to NIH in a few months. Um, and when I went there on campus, the majority of people were still masking. And NIH is the biomedical uh, science uh, organization in the U.S. It's 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 one of the biggest ones in the world for research, and you know th that is where a lot of the research and uh, funding for uh, all uh, all viruses and all uh, diseases are done. And so, if they are still actively masking, they pr there's probably something to it. And uh, so, it was it was good to see that. Uh, that so many people were still uh, following the science at the place where the science happened. Well, obviously, this is something that we're going to do. It's a grassroots community campaign, you know, so that's why we're doing the podcast. That's why we're telling people about it. But, you know, Tom, Ari, we're all three small companies. If our companies do this and we're the only ones, it doesn't make a huge difference. Ari, I like that you said even if a quarter of the people at the show do this, it makes an enormous difference. So, you know, go to hpccovidsafetypledge.com. Please, you know read it, click it, say that you're going to do the pledge and spread the word, you know, see how many people we can get to opt in. If you would like to be gathering and have it be safer for us to do, because we want to get everybody together and have it be a community effort, please help us spread the word. And, and Tom, you know, and Ari, we're, we're getting a lot of, we'll have buttons, we'll have, you know, the, the pins, Tom, you've got a booth, Ari, you've got a booth, we've got a reception Monday afternoon, 12 to two at a restaurant called Jackson, which will be outside, by the way. We're meeting outside for our reception. Uh, make that a little safer. Help us spread the word. Uh, Tom, I mean, you guys are community connectors out there. So talk to me about the HPC community, and, and then we can all talk about what we're looking forward to at Supercomputing. Absolutely. You know, Addison, we're all in on this. Um, and, and at a personal level, I, I'm, I'm committed to this. Uh, you know, we all want to be responsible. We, we, we're all you know, bright enough to understand that this thing doesn't come, come to a stop sign and end, that, that there will be a, a long tail for this. And as we go to these events and as we go to these meetings, you know, the question looms, what are minimum safety protocols? What should I be doing? Especially when you're getting conflicting messages from all the people that are either organizing it or, or, or hosting the state hosting it, et cetera. And, and I think this pledge, more than anything, just outlines the bare minimum, the least we can do to feel safe as a community. Um, th th it answers those questions for me, you know. So uh, I, I wanted to be part of this so that I could present to our team and our organization what the minimum is for us to be responsible to each other. So when we talk about this being a grassroots opt-in community effort, it is exactly that. It's it's a 
a way to put forth with scientific information and background via Ari and, and the rest of the, the community on what's the least we can do. And, you know, Ari, you were talking about masks. And, and one of the things that you had mentioned in a previous call was how the masks are somewhat, um, they're, they're designed to collect COVID particles as you breathe. They're charged in some way. I don't recall the exact, you know, reference you made to it, but can you, do you recall that? Absolutely, yeah. People in general who uh, don't have a science background or, you know, don't understand things like, you know, biochemistry or physical chemistry, uh, this is really hard to understand. And, uh, you know, the world's done a terrible job communicating this type of thing. How can something as thin and flimsy as a, as a mask, even the, uh, you know, the high filtration masks catch something super microscopic, like, uh, like a COVID particle. And the, it's, it's through a mixture. They're, they're rather ingenious. And this has been around a long time, far before COVID. This is, these have been, uh, it, you know, developed for, you know, 50 years and used in the, in the medical community. Um, but the, the fibers in these masks are positively charged. It turns out that the vast majority of complex bio, uh, biomolecules um, are, have a net negative charge to them, things like DNA, things like proteins. Um, and the reason for that is that it makes them more soluble in water, where everything uh, is, is, uh, in life is water-based. And so uh, it allows it to stay in solution better and uh, to interact with the environment better. We think that that's just an evolutionary uh, design sort of thing. So by creating a substrate in a mask that is positively charged, as you breathe through several, several layers, which in themselves make it harder for small molecules to get through, it also captures the negatively charged molecules like the surface of, uh, of, of a COVID uh, virion on the surface by, by being the opposite charge to it. So, um, you know, one of the reasons why, um, you know, they sort of run out of effectiveness over time uh, is because as oils collect, it, it negates those, uh, uh, those, those positively uh, charged fibers. And so you just throw it out and get another one. But uh, uh, it works quite well. Well, we are definitely all in for supercomputing and all in for the COVID safety pledge. I'll just do a quick rundown of some of what we're looking forward to. I mentioned that we'll have our own Monday afternoon reception, 12 to 2, at a restaurant called Jackson. People can watch our social media at Intersect 360 for details on that. We hope to see a lot of the community there. It's earlier than our usual Monday afternoon reception because I am thrilled that I'm the moderator of the opening Monday plenary panel at SC22, the HPC Accelerates panel, and I have a fantastic group of panelists there. I hope people will will come and check that out. We are um, co-moderating, Dan Olds and myself, a fun um, panel on composable infrastructure done in a SmackDown debate style. Uh, I am the captain of the con team. Dan is the captain of the pro team on composable infrastructure. And um, I'm also moderating, moderating a Thursday afternoon 
birds of a feather session on uh, racial inclusion in high performance computing, which is still uh, a really relevant and important topic on diversity and inclusion in this space and consistent with what Dan has been doing with outreach to HBCUs and HSIs for our winter classic student cluster competition. So that in addition to all of our regular client briefings, running around seeing the community, we're really looking forward to the community. Tom, do you have anything exciting going on at Super <laughs> Thanks for the tee up, Addison. Um, well, there's so much going on at SC. The, the mindshare challenge for each of us is, is overwhelming. Um, and it's difficult to, to really take in the whole event. Uh, so we're really committed to being on the ground, bringing to the community that, that both are there and who can't make it, all of the the, the large and small things they may have missed. We will have at the very least six editors covering this event, both live and uh, virtually. We'll have a film crew of four people wandering the show and um, videoing and filming special um, product announcements, et cetera, out of all the booths to try to bring these booth videos to the community. We will certainly have our anticipated Reader's Choice and Editor's Choice Awards this year, which were extremely challenging. This is the year of a billion, billion operations a second in Exascale. And the list of luminaries that, that were part of our achievement, Lifetime Achievement Awards were extraordinary. You know, everyone from Jack Dongar with his Turing Award to um, all of the folks that were involved in leading the COVID uh, charge so that uh, has been very, has been very challenging and very exciting at the same time, and and in a, and finally we 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 do have a very um, secret big event that we'll be announcing very shortly through HBCUR. But stay tuned for that because it will be very exciting, and I think um, many folks will want to participate. Thanks. I heard a rumor about that, and I'm already excited. All right, how about you, Ari? Uh, what's going on with Bio Team at SC22? Yeah. So yeah, thank you. Um, we're super excited to be there. Um, I've been coming to SC, boy, I don't know, for <laughs> 20 years. Um, and uh, interestingly, you know, the company, you know, BioTeam as a company started uh, really focusing on HPC for life sciences 20 years ago. In fact, we celebrated our 20th year just a few weeks ago. So it's kind of an exciting time for us. Uh, but this year, this is the first year that we are actually having a booth at SC, and we're bringing uh, 10 people from our tiny company of 50 people uh, uh, to this event as well. And what's interesting, and I think one of the things that uh, you know, myself and Bioteam have been trying to lead the charge on is how do you use advanced computing well in biomedical research and clinical sciences? because it's a relatively new uh, area of data intensive science in the world. Uh, you know, a lot of the folks uh, in other uh, areas like, you know, uh, astronomy and high energy physics and those, they've been doing this a long time, but we're somewhat new to it. So uh, a lot of the focus that we've had is where does advanced computing fall in uh, the scheme of, uh, of scientific data ecosystems? And so what I'm really excited about this year is for us to really get a solid take on what is the state of the HPC community and you know what are the clouds doing you know what are what are the manufacturers creating 
Um, you know, how to, you know, what sort of hybrid methodologies are people using? Uh, and, you know, if you look at the program this year, there's, there's actually quite a lot more of directly life sciences type of uh, uh, events and, uh, and talks and panels going on. Um, and so I'm excited to really get a take, a deep dive take on, uh, you know, the state of technology and how it can support, uh, you know, biomedicine and life sciences. And uh, our staff is going to be there to, you know, help discover that and uh, talk to anyone who wants to, to, to chat with us. I mentioned that opening plenary HPC Accelerates panel in which we're looking at all the different dimensions of HPC and what do we mean by HPC Accelerates. And some of the panelists uh, I've got really go right at what you were just talking about. Jim Cherry from NIH and NIAID is one of my panelists really representing a data science uh, point of view. Gina Tarasi from Oak Ridge National Labs, where we've got Exascale now, Tom. You were talking about billion, billion operations per second. She's on the panel. We're looking at a hyperscale perspective with Shubhosen Gupta at uh, Facebook AI Research, as well as Hamant Darbari, who's the uh, general chair of the National Supercomputing Mission under CDAC in India. So uh, we're really looking forward to that. Tom, Ari, thank you for being here with me on this podcast. You both got booths at Supercomputing. We've got a reception. So I hope all of our listeners will check out hpccovidsafetypledge.com. Click on that button. Then come to the bio team booth, come to the HPC wire booth, come to the Intersect 360 research reception, get a pin, you know, get a button, put it on there. And, uh, and we look forward to seeing you there and meeting with everybody in the community more safely. Tom, Ari, thank you for joining me on the podcast. You've been listening to a special episode of This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.